And welcome back to the For Film Site Podcast, everybody. My name is Brian Ochija, and I'm here with... Chris Lucky. And today we are going to be talking about 400 Blows. Yeah. Now, I fucked that up in the first time, mm-hmm. but then our mixer had uh, the fucking issues, mm-hmm. and so I didn't fuck it up today. Uh, well... So, yeah. I'm, I'm, no. <laughs> uh, except I just called attention yes. to the fact that I've already fucked it up. Yeah. So, so I guess fuck me, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't move it. But yeah, this is like the super old, old black and white movie, 1959. I mean, yep. it's... We'll, I, I we'll forgot who directed it. Something. Uh, Francois Truffaut. Francois Truffaut. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That guy. <laughs> Only reason I know his name, because you know I can't pronounce anybody's name that's not in English. <laughs> Only reason I know his name is um, Childish Gambino. He made a reference to him in one of his raps. Oh, nice. And I was like, what the fuck? Francois, Francois Truffaut? What the, who the fuck? What? 400 <laughs> blows. What the fuck? And uh, just, just all right, so we're going to do the ketchup, mustard, condiments, mayonnaise, whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, Childish Gambino released a new album recently. Yes, he did, and it's pretty fucking great. Awaken my love. Awaken my love. Yeah, it has it's, it has no genre. I mean, it's not hip hop. It's not punk. It's not. I mean, funk alone. I mean, it's like it's weird. It's, it's a, a weird combination of things. It's a very nice blend. I'm liking it a lot. And I, I really do. I love Childish Gambino. There's yeah. nothing about that guy that I don't think is good in terms of production. You, you, what, I, what I'm really enjoying about this album, there's a uh, one point where he gives a shout out to mm-hmm. a guy named Lil Yachty. Um, Lil, Lil Yachty, a.k.a. Lil Boat. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Lil Boat, Lil Boat, Lil Boat. Now, these new rappers are like regarded as like technically not good. You know, right. like they they get bashed, like the new age rappers get bashed, and I'm just like the person, like, well, you can find something good in there. It's like, no, if you like that, you don't know good hip hop. Childish Gambino was good hip hop, and then you listen <laughs> to Childish Gambino, and he's like giving credit and shout outs to the people that people are saying suck. Right, and I'm like, come on, guys. Like, <laughs> here's the thing, I don't like a lot of the the, the new age rap, yeah. whatever the fuck people are calling it. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, and it's nothing to do with the like the skill no, level of preference. the musicians, because like Little Yacht can be as good as Childish Gambino. But definitely the, not isn't but i know <laughs> yeah, but he yeah. can be he could be sure yeah uh but i i don't care about little yacht little yachty yes boat, little boat, little boat. Like. <laughs> first of all his <laughs> names are stupid now <laughs> little yachty little boat <laughs> little boat yes. names are just dumb now <laughs> yeah. so every time i hear one i'm just like oh, fuck this guy yeah <laughs> I don't need L- little uzi vert like what all right <laughs> doesn't matter yeah. it's just weird uh but like there's something about the new age of hip hop that's a rap that's lazy. Mm. It feels inherently lazier mm. than the other raps uh, and the 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 old rap, the old hip hop. Yeah. And 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 I think that's why people don't like it. I think that's why people bash it because yeah. it feels inherently lazy. There's d- a lot of this is. mumble rap happening. Yep. There's a lot of this like bitches and hoes that sounds like a parody of a parody. Yeah. There's a guy named Lil Uzi, and I mean, mm-hmm. I guess I'm looking at it like like comedy because like he'll <laughs> say a word, he'd be like, "Bitches be fucking in twos." Wait, yeah? Bitches be fucking in twos. And he just does that all the time. He'll just say a nonsense line, then say wait, and then repeat the exact same thing. Like he had a moment of like a clarity (laughs) while he was rapping. Bitches be fucking in twos. twos. Wait, Wait, what the fuck? Am yeah. I doing with my bitches be <laughs> fucking in two? Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? So yeah, I mean it's it's not intellectual at all. No, but. and that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Like that's that's really what's missing out of the new age yeah. sort of rap. Yeah. Which is why people think don't like it. I think that's why the inherent mm. laziness comes from. Yeah. Um but Childish Grimbino, he's he he's managed to strike a chord with those new age fans and like bring the old age fans sort of together. Mm-hmm. And and it's good that he's giving credit to those like new age rappers yeah. that they serve the credit they're going for. Definitely. Because they're putting out a product and people are liking it. Mm-hmm. However, yeah. it is a subpar product compared to like the the people that are really putting out really good music, yes. like Kendrick or yes. Gambino. Yes. Uh, maybe even like I don't like Drake, but mm-hmm. Drake's a really good artist. Sure. Yes. Yeah. 
So like even Drake is putting out like like really good music. Yes. And and people are just kind of like, eh, you guys are no. Yeah. Fuck yeah. you, your Uzi, your boat, whatever the fuck. Speaking of poop. <laughs> let's do it let's do it I'm, all right there's this I, I i brought this up to a girl named missy yesterday a girl we yeah. work with i work missy shout out yeah. to you missy all right so so um i was at work yesterday and it was like right well i was at school and i was ready to go home but i was like you know what i really gotta poop i really need to poop so and, and when, I, when i brought this up like nobody gave me any feedback on this whatsoever as yeah. if this just isn't a thing as if this isn't a thing so i'm like all right so you know when you t- when you take a poop, the only way to get the full clean feeling like you had before is mm-hmm. to take a shower. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you don't always have the opportunity to take a shower directly right. after taking a You always a poop. feel a little bit dirtier little, after shitting. Yeah, a little bit dirtier. Yeah. Yes, yes. All right. So the the only step, the next steps you could take, you could take that poop and then wet wipes. Yes. If you, if you have yourself some wet wipes, then you can get yourself back to that clean feeling that you had before. Yes. You know, but not everywhere is going to have the wet wipes. You know, but a step up from that is where the French has have it down. The fucking bidets. The bidets. The bidets, bidets are fucking, they're the shit. They shoot water straight into your asshole. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> you know, there's the, been a couple of times uh, we had one back home in Puerto Rico. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that shit is pretty common back home. Okay. We had one back home and I used to jump into it. And sometimes you'd fuck up yeah. and you turn the nozzle a little bit too far oh, to the oh, right oh. and you get just like a water jet. <laughs> like right up your asshole and it was awful and but they were great yes yes no, but that, that's what i'm saying like I, I, i've never experienced a day before but I, but i have experienced that not so fresh mud butt <laughs> you know mud butt. Yeah. so so i'm like i can either take this poop right here at the school you know and then just feel like i'm not so fresh for about half an hour or yeah. i can wait till i get home yes and you know and i can just do it the right just way poop and shower immediately right it. after yeah i man I'm so glad I'm not the only one that hates having that mud butt feeling. Yeah, you know? It's just like, they just don't get it, man. No, they just don't get no. it. No, and you can wipe it. And, and I'm not saying that I don't or other people don't wipe properly. Right. Like, I mean, if you have some toilet tissue, I'm sure that you're wiping properly as an adult. But sure sometimes, to quote uh, Chris Pratt from Parks and Rec, sometimes mm-hmm. you just wipe and wipe and wipe, and it's like wiping a marker. It just keeps going. It just <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's awful it's awful i don't want to put too much imagery in the listener's mind but i think we've already crossed we've made our point we've made our point talking about people in bathrooms Mm -hmm. uh, i went to denny's a friend of mine came down from new zealand yeah uh she was there for studying abroad okay came that we went to denny's nice and and had dinner and shit and i had to go pee hold on the denny's up the road yeah yeah sunset road who who, who's your waitress i go there once a week me and my Uh, girlfriend do oh really yes i go there a lot okay uh, I don't know their I don't know their names because they sh- they switched them no, up. Not my name, you're not my name. But like, uh, what, what does she look like? Was it the black lady? There's, they're all black ladies. There's an Asian guy. There's an Asian guy that works at night too. There's, there's a uh, what's the black manager guy there? No. Well, shit. All right. He's in, he's in the mornings. Okay. Right. Uh, no, and there's a really skinny black lady mm-hmm. that obviously has a weave. Yes. Uh, yes. I know <laughs> and she's nice. Mm-hmm. And then there was this like. I feel bad saying this because she was like she was a really nice lady. Sure. But she wasn't bright. She was not very bright. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, for some reason, I don't like interacting with people that I know mm. aren't very bright. Yeah. Uh, not because anything against them. It's no. purely me. It's because yes. I don't know how to handle the interaction. Yeah, I don't want to have it. Yeah. It's, it's an awkward interaction for me. I don't want to have it. Just in general, how is your service when you go to Denny's? Uh, usually, I go like one in the morning, two in the morning. Mm. So there's not a lot of people. Mm. And the waitress is pretty good. Okay. Uh, when I go in the mornings, it's usually a little bit crappier. No, I mean even even out, well, let's. I want to stay on your nighttime yeah, time. Yeah, nighttime so, Denny's. Your night, your nighttime Denny's. There's not a lot of people there, so you would think that all the waitress has to do is focus on not fucking up your order. Right. They never fuck it up. Never. They never fucked it up. When? How do you order? How do you order when you go to a restaurant? Um. What do you mean? 
All right, so this is a menu that you have in front of you. Mm-hmm. I just handed you the menu and order what you're about to order. Uh, you, I All right, order, uh, w- w- I, welcome, welcome to Denny's. Uh, my name is Chris. I'll be your, your waiter today. How am I take your order? Uh, I'll take a water and coffee. Water and coffee, all right. I'll take two minutes to look at the menu. Okay, all right. When the waiter comes back. All right, I'll be right back with you. I'll get your water and coffee, and I'll be right back. Right. She brings yep. the water and coffee. Are you ready to order? Yep. And I go like, sure. Uh, uh, can I get a double cheeseburger? Mm-hmm. Uh, and she goes like, do you want normal fries or seasoned yes. fries? Mm-hmm. Seasoned fries. Okay. And they're like, all right, I'll get that ready for you. Oh, no to- no tomatoes. I don't like tomatoes. Okay. And that's it. Have you ever gotten, when you order that, have they ever come back with tomatoes on there? Mm-mm. Never? Not really. No. Mm. Yeah. Would you have noticed? Yeah. Oh. I, I, I don't, when I order a burger without tomatoes, yeah. I don't want fucking tomatoes. Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But it's like, I was I was wondering if like you just make a standard order and that's why they never fuck it up. Like if you go somewhere and be like, y'all have the number five and then they just make it normally and give it to you. The thing that is bullshit though is when mm. I don't have a standard order. Because mm. like you can... Remember no tomatoes. Exactly. Yeah, okay, you can yeah. remember that. Yeah. But when I don't have a center, like I know it's faffy and complicated. Yeah. Write it down. <laughs> I see a waiter not running it down mm-hmm. and I get angry. I get yes. antsy. Yes. I go like, dude, I, I asked for like five extra things. Mm-hmm. D- d- write it down. <laughs> do, do, you, do you think that that should be, uh, that should play into the tip that they receive? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Now, no. Is it? Is it? Does it uh, say anything about me if I'm always ordering something with lots of fat? You know, it's like I don't. I want extra cheese, and I want one of those to be like a jalapeno cheese. You're just a picky eater, and that's fine because that's literally what you're paying them for. Yeah, yes. You're yes. paying them to give you a product, mm-hmm. but you want the product to be altered, and it's their fucking job to or accommodate that order. It's, it's, it just it just puts me in a weird position because okay. so like say I'm I'm sitting there and I order the food I, and I, I I don't make any qualms about how I order it I order it exactly the way that I want and then she and I articulate it perfectly she knows what I want right. then she comes back she doesn't bring me the barbecue sauce she still puts lettuce on the burger right. she gives me the wrong kind of fries there was a, I asked for a cheddar bun and this is a regular bun right. you know all those certain things so I'm like but in the process she has to go back and forth and back and forth to continue to get me those things. Mm-hmm. But now my meal enjoyment has completely diminished. Completely diminished. So should I be tipping her? Because, no. in fact, she has, you know, gone back and forth and back and forth and got these things for me. But she's kind of ruined my meal in the no, process. No, no, shouldn't tip her. No tip. I, you, I would not tip someone that fucked up my order. There we go. That badly. All right. Like, I'll, 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 I'll let something slide. Like, if I ask for mayonnaise and mm-hmm. I didn't bring the mayonnaise, yeah. I'm like, all right, cool, whatever, that's fine. Okay. But if I have, like, a fucking cheddar bun and they bring me a regular bun and mm-hmm. no lettuce and there's yep. lettuce, yep. I was like, fuck you. It was like five things. Okay. You know? All right. Like, so- I have to deal with the faff <laughs> of, like, telling you, like, no, I don't want this. This the, It's yeah. an interact. I don't want it. Okay. You know? Yeah. It's a weird thing. So, you're at Denny's, New Zealand. Yeah. Oh, right. Fuck yep. me. We had a story. <laughs> yes. Uh, she came back from the scene and we're at Denny's. Mm-hmm. We eat and I have to go pee in the yeah. bathroom. I have to go poop, actually. Yep. But the stall is it's taken by subdued. Okay. And <laughs> so I said, like, well, fuck it. I had to pee, too. So I'll just pee. Yeah. And I'm peeing. And then I hear from the bathroom the dude just, like, mumbling to himself. Like, mm-hmm. he's just kind of like, yeah, I'm going to pee. I'm going to pee. I'm telling you that's pee, a thing. Pee. I've been telling and you that's a like, thing. <laughs> People do that. But... <laughs> it's weird but like i hear mumbling to himself but he starts getting more excited Mm -hmm. the more he says it it's like gonna pee gonna pee gonna pee and sooner or later this dude's fucking rapping about himself peeing Mm -hmm. he has like a little beat going on like the wall and the metal tube of the toilet yeah and he's like hitting the fucking toilet thing and he's got a little beat and it sounded good yeah i was like out there peeing going like oh this guy's actually peeing on rhythm all right (laughs) nice but who the fuck like you're 
at Denny's alone, you're mm-hmm. shitting on a toilet, mm-hmm. and then you start rapping about how you're going to pee or how you're peeing yeah. or how good this pee feels. Mm-hmm. It's fucking weird. I don't get it. I mean, I don't this, get it. it sounds like the guy was enjoying himself. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he had some free time. He was taking a poop. You know, he sounded like he was having fun. Started rapping. <laughs> yeah. And like, I walked out of the bathroom and I'm laughing my ass off. Yeah. And my friend Louise, she's like, what the fuck happened? I just, yeah. I just saw a dude like rapping to his dick while he was peeing. Hell yeah. And it's just, it's a weird thing. And like men that groan excessively when they're in the bathroom taking a shit. Yeah. It's kind of like that dude at the gym that like lifts like a heavy weight. See, now that's, <gasps> see, now I can't accept that. Yeah. I will not accept the, the the grunter and the and they're the taking grunter. the poop. Like I will accept the talker. The talker is fine. The talker accept, is funny. I'll accept the talker, but the grunter, I'm like, come on, you don't have no, no <laughs> excuse for that. I had one conversation one time between stalls, mm. and I, I I think it went something like this: the guy was pooping, we we're both pooping, yeah, and he just went like he he pooped, and I heard the splash, and he went like, God damn, God damn. I'm I'm fine with that. And I was like, okay, okay, that happened, yeah. and then I laughed. I like audibly laughed. Mm-hmm. And the guy said something to me, and I was like, you okay there, buddy? Mm. And I was like, oh, I'm great. I'm just yep. going to wipe now. Yeah. And then he left. <laughs> that was that. Yeah. Just... I, I, don't, I don't mind giving off a, a, a sigh of relief, you know, after you just passed like a large turd. <laughs> that, that should be fine. It was, it's, so, it's so bizarre to me. Like, I poop in silence. I poop yeah. on my phone. Oh, yeah? That's all I do. I just, like, fucking type on my phone. Okay. It's weird. All People right. are weird. Yeah. Anyway. I um I just started watching. Well, I've just finished watching a show called Three Percent. No, wanted nice. to wanted to shout that out just because it's one of the best shows I've seen in 2016 nice. from Netflix. From that from, from Netflix, and I mean this this is the year that Luke Cage came out. I think uh, Jessica Jones season two did that come out. No, no. So well, yeah. So just a uh, Luke Cage. A lot of shows came out. From Daredevil Netflix. season two. Came Daredevil out. season two. Yeah, but three um, percent is my favorite What's Netflix original from this year. Um, it goes into a dystopian future that's like fifty years in the in the future, mm-hmm. and uh, there's only three percent of the uh, the um, I guess it's set in America or wherever it's set. You know, three percent of this population um, can can live where all the resources have been allocated to you know so the rest of the 97 percent are basically you know the bottom feeders they're like that's a total totally a metaphor for the one percent exactly yes very very much is yeah and uh in in this scenario the um i guess there's been some type of atomic bomb or missile or whatever so um the three percent lives on the offshore you know Mm -hmm. away from all the, the inland people uh, by the time you turn 20 years old, you uh, you go to audition to become part of the 3%. Okay. And um, from there, if you get chosen, then you live there happily, you know, yada, yada, yada. For how long? Did until you, you just die. Live there? Oh, you, okay. you just, yeah, until you die. That's a fucking, that's a really inefficient way to bring someone up to, like, the, the thing. Because, like, if you're, like, 20, mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming that you're, like, auditioning when you're, like, 20, 20 25, like, yep. prime of your body. Yep. You're there for the next, like, 60 years. Mm-hmm. Like you got medical care. Yeah. It's just going to fill up. But go ahead. The, the logistics of it bother me. What, what, what do you mean? I, let's, I want to hear it. <laughs> okay. So you obviously got limited resources, mm-hmm. right? And you're to the fact where you're auditioning people to like see who gets this limited resources yes. happening. But then you're well, keeping I mean, it's, them it's not really limited. It's limited to the 97%. The 3% have as much as they as want. As much as they want? Yeah. Cause, okay. Because yeah. you're keeping them for like 60, 70 years yeah. until they die. Until they die. And there, there's no children keep, allowed as well, though. There's no children allowed. No, but so but you just keep them fucking once once a year. Once a year, you bring in um, another 
20 people. I or guess so. people die every year. Yeah. So I guess it's, I, is that a net zero thing where they like yeah. bring in as many people as they die? Supposedly. They don't really okay. go through all those details, but okay. yeah. But it's like they let you know there's no kids and then they bring see, people in. See, that's bullshit. Yeah. Like, I, the show's probably you, great. Mm? That's bullshit. You want more information. If, you, if, you, if you're setting up a dystopian future that's all statistically and census based mm-hmm. on how the approach, how motherfuckers live there, mm-hmm. you give me that goddamn information. <laughs> I want to know how your statisticians work. Mm, okay. <laughs> well. I want to know. I want to know. I want to see people going out the door, fucking getting census. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did not give you that. <laughs> We're not going to give you that. <laughs> but um, the uh, the main takeaway that I really enjoyed from it was um, there's one scenario where there's a guy they're going through these tests, and he was like, "You have to put together nine of these blocks. If you don't put together nine of these blocks by the time the buzzer rings, then you mm-hmm. fail. You out. You fail." Right. So um, they can have you like, retry? No. Another, okay. No. Well, I mean, some of them can. Like, they'll go kill a person that's about to turn twenty and take their implant out and put it in them. Oh, okay. You know, and some people have done that. Um, but um, so you have like six or seven people inside the room, mm-hmm. and they're going through the trial. And this one guy, he's only able to put together like six of them, seven oh, of them, of the blocks. Then the time is counting down: three, two. He looks at the person next to him, this weak, frail individual. He takes two of his blocks, puts it on this table. The the uh, the thing buzzes. The people walk in. He's like, "What the fuck? This guy just took two of my blocks." He's like mad and angry, and it was like, "Nope, nope. You just failed. You had to have nine on your table. There's only seven right there. You just failed." Damn. And then, then they go to the camera, and the people that are running it, looking at it, they was like, "You." seen that kid just stole this other guy's blocks so like are you just gonna let him go through like that he was like yeah he wanted it more than him he deserved it and they have this thing you know, one of their mottos is um a right or wrong you usually get what you deserve mm-hmm. you know paraphrase but um uh, it's like anything you deserve it you know so okay. when so when this guy stole this guy's shit and got to the next level mm-hmm. he deserved it but okay. then then you get to see this exact same person who's living this nice nice lifestyle and all these negative things are happening to him as a result of the things that he's done in the past right and the exact same person that was couldn't like congratulating him and telling him take what is rightfully yours you deserve it as these shitty things are happening to him he was like no you deserve it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. He was like, you deserve everything that happens to you. It's, it's your choices. <laughs> you know, you choose to do that. And now you deserve it. And now whatever happens to you as a you know repercussion, you deserve that as well. And that's it's, a good, that's a good way to live life. It was, it was really nice. Your choice, your fuck up or your, your win. Yeah. It's your problem. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and last, lastly, I, yeah. I, I'm going to skip the cool hand Luke just cause we were running out of time. Right. Um, there was this thing cause I've been on the whole be, being a black and white person and not liking excuses. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I don't really care, you know, about the middle shit. Like I care about the results. That, the that end, paper is highlighted. I'm yes, scared. The end justifies the means to me. All right. <laughs> now I, I lived, I lived in California from 2005 to 2011 and um, apparently the PG&E, the uh, Pacific Gas and Electricity, I, I had overpaid them at mm-hmm. some point, and they owed me a couple hundred dollars. So they had been trying to track me down since 2011, and they, finally, they finally got a hold to me here in, uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, they sent me a letter, and I sent it back to get my money, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> And um, they said, this letter is to acknowledge the receipt of your claim on 11-22-2016 and let you know that we're going to process this in the timeliest manner possible. I'm like, all right, great, you know. Mm -hmm. But then they go on to say, last year, the unclaimed property division received over 189,000 claims. Due to the high volume of claims received, please be advised that this may take up to 180 days. Also, it may take up to an additional 120 days for you to receive your payment due to the research needed to accurately determine the value of the securities. Now, this is the thing. 180 plus 120 is That's 300 goddamn days. Yeah. You might as well tell me, hey, um, you know what? We're not going to give you that money for like a year. Yeah. I don't need to know about, well, you just understand that we got 189,000 claims last year and we're going to be busy this year and then this, this, and this. No, I don't give a fuck about all that. What does it have to do with me? 
What? Just tell me the just tell me the thing that I need to know. Yes, That's a year. Yes, it's gonna be money. a year until you get your money. Like all of this stuff in here is bullshit. Like I don't care about all of that stuff. And it's like we we had a um we were in a studio production class yeah. and like for the first hour and a half like it was just going so rough. It was going really yeah. really it bad. Was like, it was like two hours. Dude. Yeah, well, yeah, two hours. Yeah, it, it was, was going. It was a while. It was going very roughly. But then the last take that we did, it was fucking magic. It was nice. perfect. It was phenomenal. And then it was like for me, it's like I don't care about that two hours of bullshit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because the end result is we got what we wanted. You right. know what I'm saying? It's like that two hours of bullshit meant nothing to me at all you know because we got we went the end just we got the thing we got the thing that that we needed yes yeah i see that's the thing because i want to agree with that so much it's no you shouldn't like i want to agree with that (laughs) because it's a nice thing about at least uh, at least for the 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 two hours oh okay okay okay, at least for that no yeah i want to agree with that so much yeah but like there's something so grating about the fact that it took me two and a half hours because i was directing the goddamn thing yeah took me two and a half hours i think mm. to like get it right yeah and something about that just fucking annoys the shit out of me i mean it won't ever take two yeah. and a half hours again <laughs> that's true you know but it annoys the fucking shit out of me there was like so many things going wrong that i couldn't con- it was just like, just mm. like oh, fuck. yeah i i, I, I want to like the black and white thing i want to agree with it like just give me the information that's it yeah and and but it, it's like context is so important to it me is it is because context for me lets me determine what's funny or what isn't funny mm-hmm. and like that's funny to me yeah <laughs> when they go like hey here's your money it's gonna take a year yeah yeah <laughs> like, well why the fuck did you just 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 cash it just like I mean, give me like a thing yeah it doesn't take that much hard it's like a three guys with an excel sheet just automated yeah it shouldn't it really shouldn't take that long no that's funny to me that it's taking a year i mean it's like my whole black and white mentality it doesn't work for everything because yeah. i mean like say um, okay, the, the ozone is fucked and the global warming is real and the, there's so much pollution throughout the earth. How do we solve this? Okay, we got to solve it. What is, this is the, the, this, we got to do this. Mm-hmm. All right, so in order to do that, we can get we can exterminate all living human beings on the entire earth. Yeah. We did it. <laughs> there's no more pollution. You know what I'm saying? So the end justified the means, but the it's just like... Dead. It's but like the world is dead. It's like Man of Steel trying to save Metropolis by fucking it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, w- I wanted to say one extra thing, and mm-hmm. I forgot what it was. So find I'm going to ramble for like 20 seconds. And, you find it, yeah. and if I don't come up with it, we're just going to move on. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm cool with that. Uh, fuck. What was it? What was it? What I'm, I'm going to – hold on. Can you give me a second? I want to I try the trick that you tried You're last gonna week. You're going to try the trick I'm going to try the trick. Okay, do it. Give me – give me, give me complete silence. Oh, God. <laughs> 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 that did not go as well. I as actually <laughs> remembered it. <laughs> all right. Uh, so the movie that we're about to talk about today mm-hmm. uh, it was in our library, and I went to check out the fucking thing. Yeah. And uh, I, Jordan, uh, one of my mates from school, mm-hmm. works at the library. Okay. And he like, goes, takes out the DVD, and like scans it, and does a thing, mm-hmm. pulls up my account, mm-hmm. and he goes like, "Brian, you owe us ninety four fucking dollars." I'm like, "What the fuck?" Houseway. How do you How do you mean you owe you ninety four fucking dollars? Yeah. It was like, dude, you owe us a lot of money. You have a you have two books out since two thousand fifteen. I was like, dude, it's it's like the end of twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. I should. I would have known if I had two books out from 2015. Yeah. He was like, "Someone should have told you." It's 94. That's almost a hundred dollars of yeah. just like books. Yeah. By the way, it's 40 cents a day. Really. 40 cents a day. Every time that every pass due, uh, every day pass due is 40 cents added to your account. That's fucking bullshit. Like the book is worth 16 bucks. What? Well, <laughs> you know that's, what I mean? Right. But. And, and so something happened. No one told me that I had the books out because yeah. what probably happened is like I go to school. I bring them over here, I read them, mm-hmm. and then I just leave them on a desk somewhere because I know I got to take them back. Mm-hmm. And then my mom comes in 
and she and goes like, files them away. hey, these books don't belong here. Let's mm-hmm. put them in a bin. Yeah. And so I don't know the books are there. I forgot I have the fucking thing. Mm-hmm. So like now it's the end of 2016, almost literally a year later, mm-hmm. and I found out I have two fucking books from 2015 out in my name. Yeah. And I had a $94 fucking fee. Yeah. On my library at school. And no one told me. Yeah. No, here's what I'm pissed off about, all mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Jordan was the first person to tell me. Yes. I go to that library frequently. Yes. I've checked out six movies in the last two months. Mm-hmm. No, 12 movies in the last two months. Yeah. No one told me I had a fee. What the fuck? You know what that reminds me of? It's like, it's it's kind of, it's it's a weird position to be in, yeah. you know, because you kind of feel some fault with yourself, but mm-hmm. you want to fault everyone around you as well. Right. You know, because like, all right. Uh, yes, yesterday I was, um, you know, we were all at the school yesterday mm-hmm. and I was feeling like pretty fly. Like I, I, I got up early that morning. I yep. worked out and I pressed my clothes and everything. I felt really good. And um, eventually after about two hours of me being there, I walked off to the go to the bathroom and I, I talked to somebody on the way there, went to the bathroom. And when I went to go unzip my pants to the urinal, mm-hmm. I realized my pants had were already unzipped. <laughs> So I had to think, how long have my pants been unzipped? And, and who, no one told me. And who and nobody has told me. The person on the way to the bathroom, every person I've interacted with the entire day, no one said shit. I'm in Douglas <laughs> too. Like I talked with you for like a solid hour. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so it's like with the lo- the library find it was like, okay, yeah, I, like I, I left my, my pants unzipped, yeah. but shit, nobody's gonna say shit nobody to me. Nobody told me. Yeah. It's fucking ninety four dollars. Yeah. I think someone would say, Hey, you owe fucking fifty at one point. Yeah. Like, I owed 50, like, halfway through this year. Uh, yeah, in, in this scenario, it's like, your your dick is all the way out now. Like, yeah. We can see your penis now. Like, okay, at first you're, you were just unzipped, but now we can see your penis. Like, let's say, you know. It's just like, I, like, I ended up talking to a librarian. She goes like, dude, no one told me about this fee. She was yeah. like, I'll get rid of it. Just find the books. Yeah. And so I ended up fine. Someone finally told me and my dick was put back in my pants. Nice. But 94 fucking dollars and 40 cents a day. Yeah. That's a year's worth of 40 cents a day. Yeah. That's upsetting. That's wild. That is upsetting. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Anyway, we're going to fucking come back. Uh, we're going to take a break, come back, and we're going to talk about 400 Blows. Hey. Boop. All right. I was going to drink water, and then I started the recording, mm-hmm. so I guess I'm just going to, like, continue on with the well, I introduction guess, I, guess I guess we're I'll, just gonna drink water I'll, 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 I'll have some water yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and I fucked it up I hit the thing damn it anyway hey, hey. <laughs> Chris nailed it <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway we're back we're gonna talk about Foreign Blows uh, it's a 1959 French new wave fucking movie yes in the Criterion Collection mm-hmm. uh, give us a rundown real quick a really quick rundown The 400 Blows 1959 it's a moving story of a young boy who, left without attention, delves into a life of petty crime. Uh, the writer and director is uh, Francois Truffaut. It's a 139-minute runtime. 139-minute runtime. Mm-hmm. Very simple story. Very simple. Uh, how did you feel about it? Like, did you like it? I liked it the way that I like a five-mile run. <laughs> and, and, this, and, this, and this is the way, what I mean. It's like when you go do that run, it's, you know, it's like you're tired, you're exhausted, you just want to get to the end of it. Right. But, but at the end, you kind of discover something about yourself and um, you just you feel it, you feel empowered, you feel fulfilled. Yeah. It's like you take something away from it that, you know, it, it, that's, that's the way it made me feel. It's like I wasn't enjoying it, like laughing out loud and, oh, right. this is so cool. But by the time I got to the end, it just made it connected so much to real life. For it me. was kind of like like just like a reward for having finished it. In, yeah. in, in, in a way. I mean, but but I really enjoyed um, how much it connected 
to okay. a place in my life that I didn't want to go to. Okay. That's that's what I mean, like that fulfilling yeah. side. It's like there was like that that young boy who I now I judge people very harshly. It's like I don't, I don't suffer fools easily. Mm-hmm. I, I have no time for idiots, like at all. I don't care for them at all. Right. And whoever make when you make a bad judgment, I'm like, okay, that's your bad judgment. And this kid that was making a lot of terrible decisions and mm-hmm. uh, and bad choices with his life. I couldn't judge him the same way. Like I had to take away. I mean, he's, he's not an adult. And not only that, it's like he has no structure, no one to show him the way that he should be doing things, you know? Right. It's, I, yeah. I, I, that's a, this is the thing when this movie makes me feel weird. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I didn't, I acknowledge that it's a great movie. Oh yeah. That it's a culturally significant movie. Oh yeah. It's like fucking criterion collection. Yeah. That's important. I, I hated it. Wow. I didn't like it. 100% Rotten I Tomatoes. I didn't like it. Yeah. Oof. Did not enjoy it. Oof. And 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 there's a difference between enjoying a movie and just and, not liking and, it, and knowing that it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Like I know that it's a good film. Mm-hmm. I know that it's important, and I know that it's it's a, you know it's it's culturally significant for cinema as a whole. Yeah. And I know all the things that it did. The storytelling was pretty good. Mm-hmm. It was it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah so it was <laughs> fantastic. Like your the cinematography, your boy Akira Kurosawa mm-hmm. said it was one of the most beautiful things he's ever seen. Right, and it was a beautiful looking movie. Yeah. And I hated it. I when, didn't like it. When did you like it? Well, let's go. Let's go down. It's the just a uh, uh, fuck. It, it's this is weird because I'm hating on a Criterion Collection movie. Yes, and no, no, uh, that, that, but that is okay though. That's okay. Yeah, that's but, totally I mean, fine. Because like last week, it's like I gave. Um, uh, what did we watch last week? Hate. Uh, heat. I, I said Heat was a 7 out of 10. I mm-hmm. mean, a lot of people are going to disagree with me and fucking Rotten Tomatoes flat out disagrees with me. <laughs> you, you, know, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, it's perfectly okay to have your own opinion. Yeah, and 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 and, and this is this is it. And I, I watched the movie and I was like, I am not enjoying this movie at all. Mm. I was just angry at everybody on screen. Okay. I was legitimately furious at everybody. Did, uh, did you, did, does that not, because like, I, I like, because when something makes me feel a certain mm-hmm. way, that's when I know something's happening. Right, but... I I got the intent of the movie mm. that, it, for me watching the movie, I got the intent that it didn't want to make me angry. Mm. It wanted to make me sympathetic for this kid. E- That's kind of like the feeling that I got when uh. I started watching the movie, when okay. they started sort of putting this kid in this situation where so everyone's sort of needlessly aggressive to him, mm. and sort of seeing how how someone that doesn't really have that structure of parenting mm. uh, tries to fend for himself. Yeah. So it like from the get go, it felt like the movie was trying to make me. Sort of sympathetic or or nostalgic mm. um, for someone. Nostalgic, and, maybe, yeah. And and then it didn't. It didn't do that. It made mm. me feel angry at everybody that was in frame interacting with this kid. Everyone. Uh, every almost everyone in the movie. I said, I wanna, let's go. I, let's I, run it down. Disliked. For example, the mom, mm. uh, completely that, selfish. That's abusive. the only negative character in there in the movie from me yeah. that I see. Yeah. Completely selfish, negative, uh, manipulative mm. little lady yes <laughs> and i hated i hated her everything she was on the screen yes hated her yes but you were supposed to hate her mm-hmm. that's fine uh she uh, you could tell that she didn't want the kid from the beginning mm. uh, the kid was living in a house where he wasn't welcome mm. uh the dad just kind of didn't know any better he didn't he just kind of he works it, well he wasn't his dad either though he wasn't his dad no that was a stepdad oh really the oh. um i mean that, that was like a big theme early on i mean it's like um where he's all right, let's let's get let's get to the the top. Mm. All right, so so you have a um a, a young beautiful. He has a young beautiful mother. She mm-hmm. looks like she's in her early thirties, mid thirties. Right. And um the, at the very beginning, you know, you'll see him um they're inside of a classroom, mm-hmm. and he doesn't know how to to act within um 
the confines of the yeah, classroom. Yeah, the confines of a classroom, you know. And uh, by the time he gets home, you know, he's home alone, and then he sits down at his mother's desk and starts playing with her perfume and looking mm-hmm. inside of her mirror and messing with her makeup. He curls his eyelashes. Yeah, curls his eyelashes, yeah. And you don't really understand, like, what he's getting at right mm-hmm. there. But, I mean, he's just exploring. You know, everything is so new to him. And they even have one scene um, after there's a fire set. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll, we'll get to all of that. Yeah. Um, there's one scene, and um, they take him out to, to go see a movie and yeah. get ice cream. And he was like, that's the first time I've ever had strawberries inside of ice cream. Yeah. You know, and he was like, he just has no experience in life whatsoever. Um, but um, but earlier on, that you see him doing that. His, his mother comes in, and you see that... Um, he he has a he has a structure and, and guidelines to a point to where take your garbage out mm-hmm. every single night when you go to bed take your garbage out come back go to bed go to sleep mm-hmm. now um uh, one day he's supposed to be going back to school and instead of going to school he sees his friend on the way there and he was like you know what let's go ahead and skip school let's skip class fuck right. school you know <laughs> it's like yeah really because like the teacher doesn't like me the teacher was like you know what I, I've I've seen a lot of idiots in my day. Yeah. But, but at least they were well behaved. Yep, they were polite. They were the polite. Yeah, yeah, at least they were polite. You know, and it's just like he's getting dissed from every single angle. So it's like, you know what? I'm not going back to school. I don't need that. You know, this right. guy doesn't care about me. So why should I care about him? So he decides to go do what he really cares about in his life, and that's movies. Right. You know, if you all notice, like a, a constant theme, he think he watches three movies. In this, yeah, um, he watches in this, two or three. Yeah, two, yeah, yeah. So um, he goes and goes to watch a movie, and uh, while they're out, he sees his mom, like I said, a, a beautiful, a beautiful young uh, blonde woman mm-hmm. kissing some guy. And the friend was like, "Holy shit, who was that?" It was like, "That's my mom." It's, I've never seen the guy that's with him with her though. Mm-hmm. And it seems like, "Oh well, you're you're fine then because she's not gonna tell on you, you know, right. because then you know you the dad don't know exactly. Yeah. Now you have some leverage." So um, so he goes about his day when um when he finally gets home and uh, he's talking to his oh no he says his mom not, his mom's not there yet he's uh, he's dealing with his stepdad yeah and um eventually there's an argument and you you see him in the room about to go to sleep. And the dad is upset and pissed off. And he was like, well, if you raised him better, then yada, yada. Like, what, what more do you want me to do? I gave him my name and I put food on the table. Right. You know, and, and then he was like, well, we should just ship him off and send him here to this place and this place. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he knows that not only is he... A, he's he's a burden and he's just being tolerated. Right. You know, he's yeah. not he's not loved by either of those characters. He's just purely being tolerated and allowed to exist. Yeah. And that that hit a, a string with me, you know, as mm-hmm. a child. Another thing was how much you see as a kid and hide from adults. Mm-hmm. You know, how much is going on inside of a, a, a child's mind that they keep from adults and parents. Uh, but but anyway, later later on, so he sees he sees the mom kissing mm-hmm. some guy in the street. He um the mom tries to manipulate him and she tells a story. She was like, Yeah, when uh, when I was a kid, you know, me and my mom me and my mother, we kept secrets. You mm-hmm. know, we I would do something and then my mother she would keep the secret for me. She would never tell the dad. Right. So uh, she's like uh, so you said you would tell me about all these different things, so you want to go ahead and tell me. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't bring up the fact that um he, he saw that yeah. he saw it. And she was like, you know what? I'll make a deal with you. She was like, I'll give you a thousand francs if uh if you when you do your next test and you make a, a good grade on your test mm-hmm. and in reality the deal is if you don't tell your dad that i'm out here fucking other people then i'll give you a thousand francs right and um that reality come that that reality comes to fruition when later on she asks him uh, how'd you do on your test eh, you know you did good enough mm-hmm. you know and then she not gives, bad yeah they're not not bad yeah mm-hmm. and then she gives him the money anyway because like it wasn't about the test it was about that bond that he's trying to create with his mother right um but uh and that you can see how strained that that bond is between them he goes to school 
And the um, the teacher was like, no, no, you, you come back. You know, he skipped school. Mm-hmm. As like, you're trying to come back to the school now. And like, no, you, it's not that easy. Where's your note from your mother? Mm-hmm. And then it was like, I don't have it. And it was like, well, well, why not? Because she's dead. <laughs> yeah. For like, me, that was like a, like a real, like, what the fuck? Yeah. And, yeah. But it was like, it showed like how strained his relationship was with his mother. Because at the time, you don't know that that's not his real father. Right. You know, and uh, it's not until later on in that scene, they... Um, they there he's in a he's in a class to where they're trying to learn english mm-hmm. and the uh, the teacher is repeating back to the person who's their father mm-hmm. it was their father father it was like no 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 you have to the, the th you have to use with your tongue to father mm-hmm. and that was like a theme who's the father who's the father who's the father right. and then i was like holy shit who is this kid's father okay. you know and he, he's not he is not in the picture whatsoever he was abandoned and now some other man is just purely to- tolerating him so he can be with this bombshell a uh, woman that is way out of his league mm-hmm. and the, the mom herself the uh, at the end of the movie the um, the kid he's being interviewed before he goes into the juvenile delinquent system mm-hmm. and they um, they say yeah when uh, when I was younger I overheard um, when he was living with what that, that uh, his mom said that she tried to abort boredom yep. and the only reason that, that he's even alive is because his grandmother mm-hmm. you know said that she wanted him to have the kid so it just he feels completely unwanted unwanted yeah and and it's I, I guess it's like maybe going through those situations. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that, yeah. I just had a dark childhood, you know. Yeah, so, I, I feel you. You know, so it's just like being able to identify with those and hiding so many different things. Well, don't let your mother find out about this. Don't let your father find out about this. And being in the middle of it, mm-hmm. and you know, not having a direction or a goal, and nobody saying holding your hand and taking you along the route. Right. And um, I, yeah. like you have a relatable. Uh, you have a sense of relatableness to mm-hmm. uh, relate this to it. I don't know how the fuck you would say that. You yeah. relate to the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I didn't have that. Yeah. So for me, like like the, all of that were, is true, and the movie's like very successful in making all those points happen oh, yeah. and feel through. Yeah. But so my 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 issue with the movie wasn't even the storytelling. Mm-hmm. It was uh it, it, or the things that were happening in it. Yeah. It was the the style of film that it is. Mm. Uh, I I watched a movie and I was like, there's got to be a reason I'm not liking this. What do you mean, style of film? Uh, that's what I'm getting at. Mm. I watched a movie and I couldn't quite pinpoint why I didn't like it. Okay. And it's like, there's got to be a reason why I don't like this. So I, I Wikipedia the film mm. and I read about the film. Mm. Turns out this hap- this film came out right in the 1950s to 1960s mm. French New fr- Age movement. Yep, that was uh, the leader. Which, yeah, which wasn't a formal, which wasn't a formal um, movement by itself. Mm-mm. But it was it was founded in the European art style mm-hmm. type of cinema, mm-hmm. which is to go against everything that Hollywood already established in cinema. Yeah. Which means that instead of editing, you had really long takes. Yes. And really sort of aimless walking and, and, and sort of like, it, it was a more psychological arc. Yeah. Which is fine. But uh, the reason why it didn't connect with me so much was because there's so much just sort of boring dead air time. Where That's you're supposed to be thinking about the character. What? Why did you enjoy it in the Akira Kurosawa when they just have long stills of holding it? Because they felt purposeful. Mm. They they felt like they had a meaning attached to them. Mm. Like when we're looking at someone look in the background and you see the wind moving in the background mm. and there's someone staring directly at the camera waiting for what the next person is going to say. Yeah. And then interrogation scene, they're waiting for your judgment. Yeah. You're the audience. You're involved in this filmmaking. Yes. They're waiting for your judgment. You didn't get that in the, like the last scene of uh, 400, uh, 400 blows. Like he's, he's running for like, 
it feels like five minutes yeah. to where they just show him running and nothing else. It just yeah. show him running down the road. And then after about two minutes of him jogging, you're like, all right, what, why am I seeing this? Mm-hmm. You know, and then he eventually jogs to the, to the, uh, to the shore where the water meets the land. Mm-hmm. And then he just stands there and looks directly into the camera. And just freeze frames. And it's freeze frame. And, and then it's an optical zoom into the camera. Mm-hmm. And it's, see, that's, that's a, that's a thing. That's where I have, I'm so conflicted with this movie because mm-hmm. I like the technicality of it. Yeah. I like what they were trying to do with what they did. It just, did it. it didn't, it didn't hit right with me. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I, I really, it's hard to explain why. Mm-hmm. Like the scene with him jogging, like I get the symbolism behind yeah. it. He's like running away from his issues, whatever, water, washing himself clean, whatever. Somewhat, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get it. Yeah. It just didn't, didn't connect. It just didn't hit me. Okay. Uh, when, when we watched Kurosawa and I knew that what was happening in the background connected to what was happening in the foreground. Mm-hmm. I knew what everyone was thinking. I knew how they were related mm-hmm. and I knew what was happening and it felt like I had a purpose. When mm-hmm. I see this kid running down the beach for 10 minutes or five minutes or whatever the fuck the long shot was, yeah. I thought it's very pretty mm-hmm. and it has a very purposeful, uh, has a very, it has a strong purpose as to why it's in the film. Yeah. It just doesn't create an interaction with me in the movie. I, I I get it. like yeah. um it's the um the experience like when you you watched uh, the midnight movie and it was like I don't relate to this like I'm not black I'm not gay right. and moonlight, I don't, moonlight. Yeah, moonlight yeah. yeah it was like I don't you know I'm not black or or gay or live in a um you know this environment so mm-hmm. it's like I don't re- you don't relate to it right I, I mean yeah and yeah this this movie here is like I just relate to it just and I feel like a lot of people unfortunately do yeah you know and and so like. Uh, that's why that's why I feel so conflicted with this movie. Yeah. Because I, I, I know that the story it tells it's powerful. Yeah. And I know that a lot of the, the scenes that tell the story yeah. have really intense meaning behind them. Yeah. And that people associate that with their own memories. Mm-hmm. And, and and I and I wanna like it. I yeah. wanna like the movie. Yeah. Um and I like it for what it for what it did. Mm-hmm. I like it for the, the, the storytelling and the the the, the semi autobiographical nature of the film. Mm-hmm. Uh I I like that aspect of it. I just don't like the fact that it is it's, it's sort of in the in the style of an European art style mm-hmm. uh, cinema and the French New Wave movement, because that type of shot, that type of aimless sort of portable setup with little production, mm-hmm. uh, that just kind of like pointed at shoot. Here's a script, point and shoot. Yeah. Um, the only real time that that's worked for me has been in the Bicycle Thief. Okay. Uh, and and any other time, I just don't like that style. Like- I yeah. I thoroughly and like I that's that's what made the movie for me really. really yeah I mean like the cinematography was insane it's like it's, it's it's the exact same thing that you didn't like is why I'm gonna be glowing about it yeah you know and because they'll just put the camera in one place and just sit it there mm-hmm. there's one scene where um they're showing oh we didn't even say the uh, where he's sleeping at um so so basically you, you later on in the movie um sheesh all right so so he, try, he tries to do right by he tries to do right by his mom and um mm-hmm. he says he's gonna study and he starts reading right. i forget the name of the person that's like balsack yeah he starts reading and then um he's like all right well let me light a candle for balsack you know mm-hmm. and he lights the candle and then he puts the sheet over top of it which mm-hmm. was a terrible mistake yeah he, he goes off to uh to have dinner with his family and then he notices that this shit is caught on fire mm-hmm. the, the entire room is on fire yada 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 but um, before that, well, after, after they get back, she puts him in the shower, and then she's like, you'll be more comfortable in our bed. Mm-hmm. And then you get to see where the mom and the father were sleeping, and it's an actual bed, yeah, you know, right. actual bed with the sheets. And earlier on in the movie, the father was like, um, didn't I give you money to buy her, buy him some new sheets? Yeah. And then she, she's like, oh, well, you know, he likes sleeping bag better. And, yeah. then, and then the kid, you know, and that's just like, 
it's, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm, yeah. well, I'm, I'm glad that you haven't had to deal with that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as, as a kid, you know, it's like you understand what's going on. The mom withheld the money from you purposely, yeah. on purpose. And you're saying that you would rather have the sleeping bag, mm-hmm. you know, to to be you know what I'm saying it's like you don't you don't really want the sleeping bag you would prefer to have sheets than to sleep like a human being yeah right but you, you're saying that just because someone's saying you, that you, you do someone's exactly. authority yeah somebody in authority your mother has said that he prefers it but like okay no I do because this is gonna make my mother feel better if I agree with her and go along with her right and the, the father was like okay whatever he doesn't realize that any money that she's getting she's taking and going off and having affairs and doing whatever she wants yeah. to do with it you know it's it's just a unfortunate like reality reality for, for him yeah mm-hmm. and then even, even later on is um when he decides to go off on his own you see that he still has his morals and values from what well what he's created for himself his mm-hmm. own morals and values you know he's um he's 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 out on his own he's very hungry thirsty and he sees that um which was really cool you know they, they were delivering milk yeah <laughs> we don't we don't have milk man any, anymore that's a job that just disappeared it's just gone milk, man yeah like i immediately thought I'm like this has to be in the 50s because i mean in 1970 or 80 or just any time you go put any kind of resources out in the street and in the middle of the night somebody's just gonna take it you yeah. know there's not that kind of honor anymore that you can you know do that but anyway um he, he's living out on his own for for a night and the, the milkman has come and he's put all this milk out and the, he, he eventually steals one of the milks mm-hmm. and this is another one of the examples of why I just love the just sitting there mm-hmm. they showed like 65 seconds of the camera not moving and him just drinking almost an entire like gallon, gallon of milk yeah. and then when they finally do cut it they come back to him finishing up the milk at a different location mm-hmm. you know and just just showing like how bad off he really is like he's yeah. not getting food he's not getting drink yada yada um, even later on his uh his morals he he steals a a, a typewriter mm-hmm. he steals a typewriter him, him and his friend they lug this typewriter from across the entire city of, of paris yeah. like from one place to the other they they take it out of the building they take it all the way down the street they get on the on the subway they lug it from them like they're exchanging it back and forth because it's so heavy mm-hmm. by the time they finally get across the city and they find the guy that can sell it for him the guy's like up oh, well they said they didn't want to buy it so i'm gonna go ahead and take it for myself now this is my typewriter right and the guys and the um our um, our main character stands up for himself mm-hmm. he was like you know what no he grabs him by the fucking shirt he right. was like well there's a police officer right there maybe he can tell us who's um who whose it is yeah so he gives it back to him and they was like well since we can't sell this i guess we should give it back you right. know yeah. and that's that's what gets him caught you know he doesn't decide to well i'm just gonna leave it here like a, a number of times he was like well just leave it here just put it down mm-hmm. you know and he was like he was no i'm gonna go all the way back and i'm gonna go put a hat i put a hat on just in case they recognize me this time right. now you know so he goes back and that's what gets him finally caught you know yep. his good sense of quote-unquote good sense of judgment you know he's just he's been he ha- he has no one to to lead him to show him right and wrong mm-hmm. instead of just it's, it's just been chastisement if you do something wrong i'm gonna put you in the box if you do something good there's no acknowledgement for that whatsoever right. like the fact that he wrote he read the uh the balzac you know nobody came to him and was like well that's really good i see that you're trying that's that's yeah. very nice and then the, he he was lighting the candle you know in in memory he thought he was doing something really well but the only thing he got out of that is an ass whooping mm-hmm. you know or um when he, he he goes to school, he finally goes back to school and sits down, and um, he found the father finds out that, that he said that his mother was dead. Yeah. So the father pulls him to the in front of the class. He looks at him for a minute and slaps the entire shit out of him. Yep. And the kid walks back and he sits down, and the kids are like not reacting to it whatsoever. And it's just it's just like it's normal. Like yeah, it, it was just like a normal thing. It was like there, oh shit. Lot, and and that's 
Again, that's the thing about this movie. Like, mm. I really I like the storytelling, and I like what it... <clears throat> fuck, I like what it did. Yeah. Got something in my throat. Hell of a time. Right. <laughs> I've been talking for two minutes, and now I got something in my throat. Mm. I like what the movie did. Yeah. And I like how it did it. Mm. And it was... And, 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 and that's that's fine. Mm. I, I, I like... I like that. I like the technicality of it. I miss the long takes from other movies. Mm. For me, I think it's just a sense of structure. Mm. Uh, I think that that this movie's the the sort of the aimless wandering type of movie mm. lack a structure that makes me enjoy movies. Mm. Like for example, if, if if this movie had been a little bit more normally structured and more traditionally structured, mm. the scene at the end where he's talking to the that's therapist psychologist yeah 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 would have been at the beginning of the movie and you would have gotten a sense that he's been there for and this is what led up to that or or, or like or like it would have been cut up more more not chronologically it would have been a chronological mm. movie uh and that lacking of structure yeah that sort of like well we're just kind of following this kid and see where it takes him over the course of like a week or something mm. Uh, for me, it's the downfall of the movie. It's what makes me not like the movie. That if if the movie was structured that way, I couldn't watch it more than once. Just yeah. because you would you would have all of the information that you need at the very beginning, mm -hmm. and then you can just make your own judgment from that point. With the way that they throw you into it, mm -hmm. it's like you don't have all the information. As far as you know, it's just they 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 live in a house as a as a man, wife, and a, and a kid. You don't have the information of the him him supposedly to be aborted. Um, the yeah. mom, the mom going from place to place, and they were living with the grandmother mm -hmm. before the uh, the man finally came and married her, gave the kid his name, and you know decided yeah. to be his stepfather. It's like knowing all that from the beginning of the movie. I, I know, been, I know what you mean, and you I'm know? not saying like put all the information on that, like the whole scene in the beginning of the movie, just mm -hmm. sort of like, 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 because the movie, <laughs> that scene had the pretense of it being a monologue mm -hmm. that would initiate a flashback, except mm -hmm. it didn't initiate a flashback. No. So like the lack of structure for that just sort of made the movie feel really aimless and boring. I mean, when you mm -hmm. did you look back on it and see the difference though? What do you mean? Like um if it like if the first like 45 minutes or an hour were mm -hmm. aimless and boring, but then after you get all the necessary pertinent information, mm -hmm. are you able to look back at the information that you got before differently? Yes, but I I didn't I don't care that I now have the information after the first forty five minutes were aimless. Okay. Like the first forty five and, and this is not the movie itself. Now I'm talking just about the style of movie it is. Uh that's like it's a trend in movies. Okay. Where in or in this style of movies, there's a couple of movies out there that do that do this. They're it's gonna like, be hard to say because like yeah. those other movies aren't one of the better movies that's ever made. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, right. But I'm not saying that it's like I'm. I'm not saying it's against this movie in particular. I'm saying mm. it's it's a it's, it's a style. A, it's a style and choice a structure, yeah. that happened during that time because they were mm. attempting to stray away from what Hollywood was doing to cinema. Yeah. And so like the style that eroded that that rise rose from that. Yeah. It's just a style that I don't enjoy. I understand. And so when you get a good a really good story like 400 Blows because it is a great story. Yeah. I really like the story. It's sort of like coming to age of a of a young man that had a shitty life yeah. and he's had to deal with his choices and yeah. had to learn how to make right choices mm -hmm. behind all that but just the, the style that it was presented in for me just doesn't let me appreciate it as much as I normally would mm. um, because just because of that lack of structure like the the lack of structure really really throws me off like turns me off this movie that's yeah, yeah like yeah, we, we're liking like the 180 stuff because yeah. like the things that are structured too much like those are the things i don't like they're because they're giving you everything right. like i would rather have this is the jigsaw puzzle put but that here's shit the together thing. here's you know? the thing let's let's talk about 
seven years into the future, mm-hmm. and I'm going to talk about Gone Girl real quick. Mm-hmm. That is a mystery neo-noir thriller. Yes, right? it's a good movie. The whole movie depends on you not knowing all of the information. Yes. But it's structured. It is a structured film. Mm-hmm. They deliver the information where they have to deliver information, and they don't treat you like you're stupid. Yes. When I mean uh, overstructuring is a problem, mm-hmm. but when I mean by structure, it's just kind of like letting you sort of try to figure it out by yourself while giving you some of the information at any given time. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean by structure. I don't mean like giving us all the information. No, but just helping you get from point A to point B to C. Right, just enough that I can do it by myself. Yeah. If I can't do it by myself, if I can't actively think about the movie while I'm watching the movie, I get bored and I get distracted. 400 Blows definitely does that. They don't actively let you think about the things that are happening for the first half of the movie or so. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that bothers me. Okay. That bothers me about that style of filmmaking mm. because you're not making me interact with your film. Mm. You're, you're, you're shouting things at me. And, and, and I don't yeah. like that. I don't feel like, I, I feel like they were yeah. whispering things for me. Like, well, that's a know, metaphorical shout. Just kind of like, like this is what's happening. This is what's happening. This is what's happening. This is what's happening. But they're not letting me think about what's happening. It's, it's, like, it's like the... Um, Sorry it's about like, that. <laughs> It's like when I, when I talk about the uh, the the loudest vessel is the emptiest. Mm-hmm. It's like when uh, with this right here, it just seems like somebody that's sitting in the corner, very quiet. And then it's like, and everything is going on around. And then this person is in the corner, just not really saying much. Mm-hmm. They're in the and, and I'm like, hold on, all right. So in order for me to find out anything, I'm going to have to go pay attention to this person. Right. I'm going to have to stare at them and listen closely and pay more attention. And that's that's what really did it for me with this. It's like I had to give it my everything in order to get anything from it. Right. It's like it, it, it required something for me. It's like it, it yeah. I had to I had to participate. You know, it just wasn't going to bow, here it is, here it is, here it is. You know, I had to actively try really hard. Right. And and I get that I get that feeling from it. You have to try really hard to get all the information and that's yeah. great. Yeah. I don't think I wanted to try really hard. Okay. I don't think the the, the movie made me want to try to figure it out okay. things. Which is, I think, where the where it, it sort of falls flat for me. Okay. Like, I like the storytelling. I like Antoine. I like all the interactions with his friends. Mm. Every adult made me angry in this movie. They're yeah. all pieces of shit to some degree. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I like all of, I like all of the movie. Yeah. Except the presentation of the movie. Okay. Which is weird because the presentation is the movie. W- I guess. Uh, would you walk into a? Di- well, I don't know. It's like I guess because the only reason I can appreciate this is just because I know what it is. Mm-hmm. Like if um. If someone were to bring me a movie titled Nothing mm-hmm. and Nothing on the cover and they're like, hey, come, go watch this movie. And then I went home and I watched it. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to watch it completely different as opposed to somebody saying, hey, this is 400 Blows. This is directed by Quentin Tarantino. Well, you know what I'm saying? Just I like knew nothing like about the movie. I mm-hmm. knew nothing about the guy that directed the movie. I knew nothing about the French New Wave movement that we came from. I knew nothing about the style of the movie that it was going to be. Yeah. I didn't know anything about the plot. I just knew the title. Sheesh. I knew the title, and then I had to do with a kid. Well, that, yeah, that's that's tough then. Yeah, that's that's, that's all I knew. Yeah. So I didn't. I knew that it was like well regarded. It's in the Criterion Collection. Yeah. But when I watch a movie, I really forget what everyone thinks about the movie while I'm watching the movie. Mm. I, I just never had that problem where anyone else's opinion interferes with my enjoyment of a movie or yeah. my appreciation of it. It it depends if if, they, if people say it's terrible, mm-hmm. then it won't interfere with my enjoyment of it. Mm-hmm. But if people say that it is really really good. And I don't think that it's really, really good. Then yeah. I'm like, I have to find out where is the separation. Right. You know, why don't I feel like this is good for me? And that's that's what you did. You yeah. know, it's like this. You recognize it as a really good film. Mm-hmm. It was like this is why it doesn't hit for me. Right. You know. And and same thing happened to me when I watched Moonlight. Mm-hmm. It's like a really great, beautifully directed, well written film. Mm-hmm. It just didn't land. 
mm. on the level that I expected it to land. Mm. And nothing wrong with the film. It's just mm. my my interaction of the film wasn't the same as your interaction of the film. Yeah. Same with Fart and Blows. Mm. Great movie, great story. I really like the writing and the dialogue. Feel really naturalistic. Yeah. I'm just not a fan of really, really, really naturalistic looking movies. Okay. I want some edit in my movie. I want mm. some. I want some. I decided some structure. Okay. Because that what keeps me keeping att- pay attention to the movie. Mm. Because at any moment the structure can change. Yes. When you don't have structure, it just feels like a stream of consciousness. Okay. And that and I, I can never do that in writing either. Mm. Okay. No, people that write in stream of consciousness piss me off and I read them. <laughs> All right, yeah. Um for the same reason, just because mm. there's no real structure. There's no real pattern to what's happening, mm. and there's nothing for me to latch onto and go like, I wonder if that's gonna pay off later, mm. because when nothing matters, I have nothing to latch onto. I mean, you don't well, you don't know if it matters or not, because like the thing with the um, the, the the class where he's teaching them how to say who's mm-hmm. the father, mm-hmm. like that information is, does means nothing. I mean, it's like it could have had I not known I was watching 400 Blows and that this is supposedly one of the better films you know mm-hmm. that ever made, then I wouldn't have tried to remember information that i don't know if i need or not right you know but then later on i was like oh holy shit okay so now i got to go back to these little small nuggets that i'm holding on to mm-hmm. it's basically i'm sitting there collecting fucking easter eggs one at a time not knowing what the fuck they are yeah. and then i get to the end and then i have to discard like 50 percent of it you know because you know it was like seriously after because i don't know what i'm supposed right. to be grabbing and holding on to and putting in my pockets so then when i get to the end of the movie you have i sift through it i sift like through it. all of it and i'm like holy shit i'm like okay now i see this is what they were doing this they were doing this so it's very loosely structured and it, it just it just made me feel like i was participating a lot more and that me and the director and the writer like we're i was sort of talking yeah, yeah yeah like there was a conversation yeah uh see i i guess i i, I see that and i appreciate that because yeah. that means that uh you like a very specific type mm. of of thinking about movies yeah um, yeah and I muted my computer because I yep. knew I was going to get a text during the podcast mm. and fucking Jonathan just texted me yep. and it didn't fucking bleep. It did not. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Sorry, that made me really excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like That means that you have a really specific appreciation, a really specific type of thinking about movies. Mm. And, and and I like that. Um, kind of forgot my point. But for I don't like sifting through stuff that's meaningless. Mm. Like and, and there's a, That being said, there's a couple of that moments. That you think it's meaningless. Yes, that I think is meaningless. Yes. The, there's really good moments that I like throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, the dad at some point in the movie uh, says that he's missing his Michelin guide. Yes. His like, lion cub mm-hmm. petting guide, whatever. Yes. And uh, that doesn't come into play for like 40 minutes. And then we found out that the kid actually stole it and yeah. that he was lying about it. Of course he was lying about yeah, it. Yeah, of course. I knew he was lying about it. Yeah. But like, I like the fact that they, they set something up. And then it was brought back. They brought that up three times. Yeah. Yeah. He, he questioned him about it. Then when the uh, when the mother got in, she was like, I don't care about that freak stupid book. Yeah. You know, it was like, what? Things just disappear in the thin air. And then a third time while they're all having dinner. Right. It was like, sheesh. And so, like, I like that they set a thing up and then they brought it back. And I was yeah. like, okay, well, he stole it. And they never really tell you why they stole it mm-hmm. or why he stole it. What was the purpose of it? Yeah. Um, but th- that was a moment that I liked there. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of funny moments in the movie yeah. that I did. Uh, didn't expect it. Yeah. Didn't, uh, like the mom, the mom asked the dad, "Well, what did he kill you off instead of me?" Mm. And he goes like, "Personal preference." Personal, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there was a couple of uh, 
a little tiny moments where the kid did something that the dad also does, or the stepdad does. Mm. Like he finishes putting charcoal in the little stove thing, yeah. and then he wipes his hand on the curtain, yeah. and then the dad's cooking eggs with him, and mm. then he cleans his hand on the curtain. Yeah. So it's like little things that tell you that this kid lives there, and this kid has been interacting with this person for a while. Yeah. He's just not very much welcome. Yeah. And and so like I enjoyed those moments in the film. Mm. I enjoyed the moment of the typewriter. Mm. I enjoyed uh, the moment where with the father and the, the interaction with the kid when they skip school. Mm. Uh, I enjoyed that they, there was one little snitch kid that everyone bullies on because he's a little shit. Yeah. And <laughs> he yeah. comes to the house mm-hmm. and that kid's the one that fucks everything up yeah. for the kid. Yeah, comes all the way yeah. to his house just to go tell on him. Like, yeah, what right. the fuck, you kid? Fuck that kid. <laughs> yeah. And and But I, I, I like how that kid interacted with every kid. You had a sense that he really wasn't liked at school. Yeah. You had a sense of what academia was like back in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like ruthless, kind of like did you on the own. Did you see here. what the, his mom said to him? It was like about school. It was like, okay, I, I, <laughs> they I, I understand. They, they teach you a lot of useless bullshit that you're not going to need. Like Science algebra. and algebra, you're not going to need that. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But but French, you're always going to need to write a letter, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, And, it, and it, put, it shows you where her mental capacity really is. Right. You know, and... It's, it's, it's so tough. You know, that's his mom. He doesn't know who his father is. His his stepdad that is in place is just only there because a hot-ass mom, right. you know, that's there. And he's trying to get rid of this kid as soon as he fucking can. Mm-hmm. You know, like even when, they, when they're having dinner, he was like, yeah, have we had thoughts about what we're going to do with him for summer? Yeah. And then she was like, well, you know. He's it's like still- right behind them. Yeah, yeah. She was like, you know, it's still like really, really early. We don't have to make plans. Just she was like, well, the sooner the better. You know, like, <laughs> I'm get this kid the fuck out of here. I'm trying to be blowing your fucking back out all summer like you know, so like he's trying to get that kid out of there yep you know, and, did, did you have a favorite a favorite shot yes the the spinning thing the carousel oh thing. the uh, centrifuge yeah, we didn't centrifuge. talk about that yeah that's yeah. uh that was my favorite shot okay favorite scene. hell yeah uh it, it looked really cool i did and and it was a great pov shot yeah and you didn't know that it was a pov shot until mm. he went backwards and the whole thing spin backwards and yeah. i was like see that's cool <laughs> yeah. i like that yeah like those are the little inklings of structure that a movie should have mm. uh and I'm, I'm not saying the movie's bad movie's mm. fantastic I just didn't enjoy you're just it. saying that you didn't enjoy it yeah, yeah didn't enjoy the movie yeah um but i don't know the centrifuge scene was my favorite shot the intro the first seven minutes mm-hmm. of the film when he's there's a car going through paris yeah and it's shot in kind of like a wide angle and mm-hmm. it's just like it looks weird and yeah. nice and sort of circular in nature and mm-hmm. uh, that was a really good shot i like the the long long held takes mm-hmm. those were nice yeah i just like long takes when they have a purpose behind them the and not just kind of like oh we have a light equipment and so we're just going to set up here and then we're just going to follow walking I mean, here's, here's my my favorite scene is a long take with I feel like purpose is the um the one where he's in, he's in his bed, which is just a couch that's been pulled into a subsection of the kitchen, right. you know, and and curtained off with a sheet. So um he's he's in his he's in his bed, and they put the camera directly on his face. So the only thing that you can see is his um his top half of his top half of his torso mm-hmm. and the bedroom door, right. and it's, it's dark inside the room, mm-hmm. still on his face, eyes are open. He should be asleep right now. Mm-hmm. The door opens and you see his uh, father. Well, earlier on, uh, preface to this, uh, they're inside the kitchen. It was like, um, and this is after he sees his mom in the street kissing right. some guy. And then it was like, uh, yo, where's mom at? Well, she's, uh, she has to stay late to do inventory. The boss wants her to stay late tonight, so she won't right. going to be here. The kid says nothing to the mm-hmm. dad about, about that at all. So um, so later on that night, he goes into bed. And like I said, the, the camera is just stuck on him, not moving. Top half of his torso, they're showing him with his eyes wide awake, still awake, mm-hmm. you know, because his mom hasn't got home yet. The uh, the dad 
they they show the door opening so all you see is um the legs the, 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 legs, the yeah. legs and knees walking past the camera and him then the kid closing his eyes to pretend like he's asleep mm-hmm. you know and then opening his eyes again as soon as the legs go out of the uh, the camera mm-hmm. then closing his eyes back again when because you don't know what the guy walked in and did you right. just know he walked in and then walked back out and he wants to pretend like he's asleep the whole time that scene was about how the kid interacts with his father when he's like supposed to be doing something or not it has a real purpose yeah it definitely does yeah mm-hmm. yeah and then uh, right after that is like the reason that the dad was going in there he was trying to catch his wife to see who was really dropping her off right so uh, she gets dropped off and the next scene you see she's walking in from outside and walking through her through the room and he's acting like he's sleep again mm-hmm. and it's just it tells a tale of how much information this kid really has and what's going on in his mind that he can't share with either one of his parents yeah. and what was what ties that together is that michelin book that you were saying mm-hmm. it's like there's no trust amongst any of them right. the father doesn't trust the kid the kid doesn't trust the father the kid doesn't trust the mother the mother doesn't trust the father like none of them trust any of them and it's just it's they, a very dysfunctional house very very much yeah. so they get to the point to where he he finally is destructive enough to where he's in the juvenile delinquency center mm-hmm. And they show one kid, and it was like, um, he, he escaped. And uh, when, when he came back, everybody was like cheering for him, like he was just like the greatest person because he escaped out of the juvenile center. And you see him, and he looks so like battered and bruised and roughed up. Yeah. And, um, and then it was asking, was like, yeah, I only, I only got out for like three or four days, but it was worth it. It was worth it to, to feel that freedom. Right. And then by the end of the movie, our main character, he breaks out, and you, you just see him running, you know, running and running and running. Mm-hmm. And then he finally, earlier in the movie, he says that he's never seen the ocean. Right. And he, he runs all the way to where the ocean meets, you know, the uh, the land and just sticks it right there. With that's, that's where the movie ends mm-hmm. right there. It's over. So it's like we don't have – we have no idea. Like in my mind, he gets – caught and brought back yeah. you know just like the other kids why they showed us the example of that mm-hmm. you know but for him it was worth it it's like an entire life that he knows nothing about and how to live like i said the ice cream he's never had never seen the ocean he's just such a blank slate and yeah this is him sort of getting experienced like i, I think i like yeah. to think at the end of the movie that he's finally getting mm-hmm. the experiences that he wanted i hope so the 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 last 30 minutes of the movie for me was mm-hmm. the best part of the movie mm-hmm. because everything that happened was sort of set up or everything had a consequence that happened yeah. and nothing just sort of felt like it was aimlessly walking around yeah. the city definitely yeah. um so like the last 30 minutes of the movie i i, I loved they okay. were great um because they again they felt purposeful they mm-hmm. had a meaning uh that scene with the dad had a meaning yes uh there's a couple of scenes that he's just walking around the city and i'm just like i don't care that he's walking around the city <laughs> like i know that he's i know that the the intent is to show that he's just kind of like aimlessly walking around with a purpose and just like that feeds into his psyche and whatever. Mm. But I don't need that scene to know that. Okay. And and for me, it was just like trying to push something in my head when I could have just thought about it. <laughs> I mean, it's the difference between like having a cut where uh, when he's drinking that milk, mm-hmm. like I didn't need a full two and a half to three minutes mm-hmm. of showing you drink the entire thing. Like right. in reality, you could have showed him put the milk up to his mouth and then cut to where he's pulling the milk down from his mouth and it's empty right you know but there's a there's a thing where where you when you're showing that it just puts it puts you that much closer to him right i I feel like and that's where those those aimless walks that you don't really need it just puts you so much more in his his um terrible situation yeah you know I, I can see that. It's like it's it, Again, it's, it's really contextual for me. Like yeah. Some of the long takes worked really well for me. Yeah. Some of them didn't. Yep. The one with the milk worked a little for me. Like I didn't mind it. It was fine. Okay. 
I was just kind of like, oh, he stole some milk. Now we show him drinking it. Yeah. We're sticking with him for a little longer because I, I guess we kind of want to feel the weight of what the decision meant for him. Yeah. And and that's fine. That worked for me greatly. Yeah. Um, but there's just like some of the walks, some of the 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 the, the pans, all beautiful as they were, yeah. just didn't need them. All right. Uh, for me, it, it, it like it made me f- it, it made me feel like the the director, who is a great director, mm. obviously. Yeah. Um, wanted to show me something instead of. Or wanted to tell me something instead of mm. showing me something. Yeah. And and that for me is a problem because okay. I like I like I like when like bringing back Gun Girl. I like mm. when they they set something up, mm. and then you're like, okay, I I caught that. I know what they're doing with that tiny li- little detail. Yeah. Let me process it and then let's come back to it. Okay. Uh, that's kind of like the structure that I enjoy. Mm. The the bicycle thief worked for me. Another type of. Uh, using real people as actors yeah. kind of thing, yeah. really aimless. That worked for me because the whole time someone's pursuing something. Mm. They they have a purpose to what they're doing. They have an agenda. Yeah. And, and and that worked for me fine because even when they were aimlessly walking around, I know that in the back of the character's head, they were trying to get that bicycle. Mm. Uh, the 400 Blows just didn't have that for me. That wasn't nothing that anyone really wanted. Mm. And because there was nothing that anyone really wanted, I couldn't really sympathize with any of the characters because there's nothing there to tell me if I if I would have wanted the same thing or if I would have done the same course of action that they did mm. to get that goal. So the, the the sympathy, the the element of sympathy for me, is very very minimal in terms of like he's having a really bad life, mm. and I get that he's having a bad life, and I feel for him, mm. and and I sort of acknowledge the fact that it's that. Mm. But as a movie, I don't want to follow him. Okay. Like if he was a real person. I would be like, oh shit, dude, let me have a conversation with you. Yeah. But if but as a movie, it doesn't work for me. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty much it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was like the most debate that we've had about a movie in the year. Apart from Suicide yeah. Squad. Yeah. Obviously, uh, Suicide Squad. Yeah, we didn't we didn't do an episode on that. No. Yeah. yeah, but this this is the most debate on the actual episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh but I think the movie's good. I think the movie is pretty. It's fantastic. I mean, it's like I I, I can't if we. I usually do like a one out of. T- I mean, um, a scale from one to ten. Mm-hmm. I can't do that with this movie. Yeah, no, you know no, because no, no. because I'm not gonna go watch it again today, and mm-hmm. I'm not gonna go recommend my girlfriend to watch it either because she's not right. gonna get anything from it. You know, but the thing is, is like I said, it reminds me of Rosemary's Baby, another movie I can't rate because I'm not gonna go watch that movie again. I you know, I actually really love Rosemary's you, Baby. You spoke about it, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but it's like I, it's it's like it reminds me of that. It's like it instilled something in me that can't be taken away from mm-hmm. me now. It's like a style of filmmaking that I'm very hyper aware of now. Mm-hmm. A type of a type of storytelling that I'm very hyper aware. Like I don't have to watch Rosemary's Baby again to understand that concept. Now it's with me forever. Right. This 400 blows like. I'd never seen anything done the way that it was done, and I'm I'm just very appreciative to like as, as soon as I as soon as I finished seeing it, it's like it, it, it immediately thought I just ran five miles. You know what I'm saying? Like I just yeah. accomplished something. I just did something to better myself, and yeah. it's it's just it feels like that. So it's like it's not like I'm not gonna go say a ten out of ten because a general movie watcher is not gonna be your thing. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, but you really have to want to watch. You have to movie. want to watch, and you have to want to take something from it right you know and I, and I did get something from it i did yeah. get something from this movie uh yeah. first of all learn i like the fact that i watched a movie and i didn't like it made me curious about w- w- the origins of the movie yeah. the, the sort of cinematic elements i went to it the yeah. style of the movie yeah so i read up on that and that was great uh but I, it also made me sort of appreciative of that style as well yeah. even though i don't necessarily enjoy it i mean there's nothing wrong with that the fact yeah. that i know that it exists and yeah. the fact that i that i've already seen it 
just teaches me about the the culture of cinema during that yes. time. Yes, and, and and that's a great thing that a movie can do. It's a forever reference point yeah. too. You know, it's it's really really cool like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anything else? Uh I mean, if if you if like like I said, like we we've seen this movie now, we can't unsee this movie. Yeah. I mean, any anyone that that is a a fan of cinema, if you want to get into directing, if you want to get into writing, um, if you if if, if any of that is your bag, then mm-hmm. you have to see this. I mean, not only just this Criterion Collection movies in general. Yeah. You know, uh, we make it a point to. We're now trying to make it a point to watch at least one Criterion Collection movie out of uh every couple every, of blocks. Yeah. That we do because of that, because yeah. they're so culturally important and significant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you, if you're a film student or you're just interested in movies, yeah. you should definitely be watching Criterion Collection films. Yes. Even if you don't enjoy them, mm. you will learn something from them. Definitely. Yeah. Which is the most important thing that a filmmaker can do. Yeah. Uh, and, and even if, like, maybe you don't like the style, mm. or maybe you do like the style so much that it, it sort of buries itself within your own style and you find a new voice that's really unique yes uh, those things are important that happened to me when i read the things i carried by tim o'brien hmm. i had a very distinct writer style and i read him and it fucked me up for like a year and a half yeah because i couldn't come up with the old writing style because i was all his influence was so strong on that yeah uh that it fucked up my writing style okay and like film can do that too yeah like edgar wright did that to me okay had a very clear idea of what film was and mm. then he showed up and i was like well fuck yeah uh, Tarantino did the same thing to me, mm-hmm. uh, and and this mo- movies can do that to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you should definitely watch them. Kurosawa did that to me. I was like, oh yeah. fuck. Yeah. The background matters a lot. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. <laughs> and and just the one shout out that I'm gonna give this movie as well, like the composition of the frames. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though they're the characteristic of the movie is that they took very little time to set up. Yeah. The compositions look fucking gorgeous. Hell I mean, yeah. The frames are fantastic. Yes. And one of the most beautiful, beautiful films you're gonna see. I mean, this yeah. is really really nice. And um, it's shot in Paris, and not not the uh, the luxurious, um, super fancy Paris. Kind of like the slums of Paris. Yeah, like yeah. the slums of Paris. Yeah. Uh, and and that's another thing. It's all shot on location. Yeah. Uh, so that's another impressive thing yeah. for this. This movie's got a lot of things going for it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I just I don't want to give the idea that I that I'm shitting on the movie. No, it's preference. Like I yeah. said, la- like literally last week, yeah. <laughs> I gave Robert De Niro and Al Pacino <laughs> movie a seven out of ten. <laughs> Like literally, literally last week, and it's yeah. like I don't feel bad about that. And it's like I will reference you to points to show that I am wrong <laughs> as far as my opinion. You know what I'm saying? It's like I will reference you to Rotten Tomatoes, who says it's an 86 to a 90 percent movie. Yeah. It's like no, I mean it's just this opinion. It's like Rotten Tomatoes will say 100. percent He was like, you know what? I don't really dig it that much. Okay, yeah, yeah, that <laughs> makes know? sense. Yeah, uh, it's a great film. You should watch it. Yeah, uh, Criterion Collection. You can find it pretty much anywhere. Yeah, it's a Criterion Collection. It's Criterion. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think that's it for me. I said. I said all I can say about this movie. Same. Same. Cool. Uh, we are going to cut short. I'm going to get some water. And then we're going to come back with television and movie pros. Yeah, yeah. And we're back. Well, I had time of my life. No, you don't get into that? I don't know the song enough. I know what you're singing. <laughs> I just don't know it to join you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it all to they they sing it you on know, in um in Dirty Dancing. Uh, Patrick Swayze, nobody puts baby in a corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. <laughs> uh, this this week in um in movies from um or well, television and movies. Before fucking you Jonathan. start, I just mm-hmm. want to point out yep. that I witness you shuffling through your papers mm-hmm. before I start recording, yep. and then take a pen and just look at a huge section of your paper and just mm-hmm. go like, nah. 
and just oh. cross it out. I mean, it was just a printing error. I mean, it's like those are for the week after next. Okay. Yeah. I was just like, he just eliminated like half of the page. <laughs> just immediate judgment. No one will ever watch your movies. Anyway, go this, ahead with your. Uh, this week in uh, television and movies from uh, Tuesday, December the 13th through Monday, December the 19th. Yeah. Uh, first thing is um, something I've been highly anticipating a show called, or, um, a Netflix movie called Barry. Barry. It's about uh, Barack Obama, oh, his, yeah. his um, years at NYU, his college years. Okay, yeah. Um, well, I guess the, the rundown is a biopic chronicles the life of Barack Obama during his years as a college student. I just fucking said that. I feel like yeah, I just said much. that. Yeah, pretty much. You just said that, yeah. <laughs> but that's going to be on Netflix uh, Friday, December the 16th. So, like, I'm really, really, really excited about this. Okay. Uh, so that's that's Barry. Check that out. Barry. Um, the next thing is going to be a show that I'm not anticipating whatsoever. But there's so many of these shows that somebody's watching these. It's like those damn Sasquatch things. Uh, somebody's watching these things, so is bro. Is that a paranormal hunting? It is. Whoa. Uh, he didn't even see the paper. I you are, you just knew. You just knew. knew. You know how I knew? Because mm-hmm. I used to watch those. Oh. Like, like. Back in Puerto Rico, there wasn't mm. a lot of television yeah. that was good. Yeah. Even when we had cable, it was just a bit shit. Mm. So Discovery Channel had a lot of those paranormal bullshit investigation mm. shows. Yeah, I watch so goddamn many of them. What what what, what did that what did that do to you as a person? Like, are you a big conspiracy person? Um, <laughs> no, my dad is. My dad mm. is a huge conspiracy. Nerd. I used to be yeah too. Um, yeah. But uh, I'm not. I'm pretty tame about. There's there's things that make me go neurotic. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like. Uh, like bullshit political systems like electoral college thing yeah electoral college electoral college yeah uh, those make me a little bit neurotic mm. and like paranormal activities don't make me neurotic no. but like assassinations make me go like yes. well okay what yes. really happened yes and and sort of it's I'm a conspiracy in the terms of government mm. not in the terms of like hey ghosts are real or like aliens are a thing and they're, okay. coming, they're coming to find us exactly yeah I'm just kind of like no Kennedy totally government killed him yes <laughs> yeah I mean a, a good a good um uh, not sure how much I can say. Well, a, g- a good justification for me of going into the military as mm-hmm. after 9-11 and the way that I seen those towers fall, mm-hmm. it was, I was a senior in high school and 2001 and seeing the way that those towers fall and free fall like that, I'm like that just doesn't seem right from everything right. that I know about science. You know, it just, it doesn't, you yeah. know? And when I finally joined the military, I had to wait an entire year because I refused to go in under just any particular job. I wanted mm-hmm. to directly work with aircrafts okay. and I wanted to directly work with the, the, the rationale they said was that uh, that jet people don't jet fuel can't they, melt steel beams. Pe- people don't know about jet fuel. So I, we'll, we'll just tell them that jet fuel can will melt all the steel beams and yada, yada. And by the time I got to got to the military and was working on the C-17s and, and C-5s and KC-10s and was working with the JP-8, which is jet fuel, mm-hmm. and realized that it was very similar to kerosene. Mm-hmm. Like it's combustible. Like you can put – I've literally put – you know what? That's all. The, like I don't, because you signed a um, you signed a, confi- a confidentiality agreement when you leave the military. Mm-hmm. So it's like I can't give out any more information than that. But it's just if there's a conspiracy that I feel like I can get closer to when mm-hmm. it's real. Like that was one of the things that was just I couldn't live. Like the well, same the no, same no. way yeah the same way that people are about the Kennedy in the sixties that people are still going, going insane about, about it, it yeah. yeah like I couldn't sleep with that so it was like it was a life changer yeah. but but ghost if you say there's a ghost inside your spare bedroom and it will kill me if I walk in that bedroom I'm walking in that goddamn you goddamn right I'm directly <laughs> walking in that I'm bedroom. like oh this is the ghost the room is I walk in with like a fucking pan and a spoon <laughs> it's like come at me beast yes just like. <laughs> I yes. hate that shit. It's like I want to believe in the crazy, ridiculous <laughs> shit that people put up on the internet. You know, I do, so do I. Like that's the thing. Like I watch the shows, like kind of like 
Man, that would be so great if it was real. Yes, yes. Like, I want to believe the bullshit. Like, I promise. Like, wh- why hasn't, like, the Illuminati ever, like, had a mall signing or anything? <laughs> you know? Like, I would show up to the mall to meet the Illuminati. <laughs> be right I'd do it. I'd you do know? It. But, like, as far as I'm concerned, it's all bullshit. But, yeah. <laughs> Fucking paranormal activity. Yeah, but, that, but this show is uh, called Paranormal Lockdown. Ugh. Evidence Revealed. You know what? That Okay, let me tell you the exact formula for that show. Mm-hmm. They're going to go to a house, yep. and they're going to like, we're locking this bitch down. Lock it down. And they're going to like close all the doors, close all the windows, mm-hmm. set up cameras in every fucking room. Mm-hmm. And then when they set up the cameras, they're going to set up like ECGs e- e- or mm-hmm. not ECGs. Whatever they are. Electromagnetic voice captures. Okay. And then they're going to have a little like <sighs> on it. And they're kind of like, I heard him say something. And some dude's going to be like, oh my God, did you? What did it say? It said alone. I think it died alone. Holy <gasps> fuck. Oh, Someone who died here in the late 1980s. And then some going to dig up about some prostitute that got killed in the late 1980s. And then it's going to be solved it. They're going to walk out with their dick in their hands and a check. Well, I'm going to tell you this time we're here. This time, not only is there a paranormal lockdown, they're going to reveal the evidence this time, Brian. Ah, they're oh, going to reveal oh, the evidence finally, this time. Because that's what was fucking missing from all the other shows. They had the evidence. They just chose not to fucking reveal it. But maybe these guys will finally get a fucking Nobel Prize for discovering the goddamn afterlife. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I feel like that's what's going to happen. I saw, I, oh my God, I saw a fucking show like six months ago. Yeah. This, is how, this is how much it bothered me. Yeah. I saw six show, like a show six months ago where a dude had a device that translated the fucking electromagnetical spectrum of the ghost into voices. What the hell? Into voices. That ghost made a noise, and the device went, the ghost said this. Oh, God. And you're telling me that that motherfucker didn't get a Nobel Prize for that shit? Are you telling me that if this thing was real, nobody would have gone like, huh, maybe these guys are into fucking something. We should throw <laughs> money at them. And they got a fucking television show in Discovery Channel. Yeah. What the fuck? Do you yeah. really think that's real? <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. And fuck you, Discovery Channel, for doing this goddamn thing to everyone. How many people do I know that are convinced that that shit is real? Lots of them. Fuck you. Lots of them. Fuck you. <laughs> Jesus. My favorite line should have won a Nobel Prize for discovering the afterlife. <laughs> <laughs> it would have fucking happened. It would have fucking happened. Had they really got in touch with these ghosts. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. me. I think more people will be after them than other than the Discovery Channel. Yeah, you Jesus are correct Christ. on that. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's Paranormal Lockdown. Evidence revealed that's going to be Friday, December the 16th at 9 p.m. on TLC. Check that out or not. Fucking TLC. Of course so it's the, goddamn TLC. Of course. The Learning Channel. You got to learn, man. You got to learn. You're learning shit. You're learn- <laughs> it's the Learning Channel. Learning how to make fake ghost equipment. Oh, like, how, how can you have... Cha- like, you remember how the History Channel used to have history things on now there? Now it's all aliens! It's aliens now. Now it's fucking aliens It's aliens. Everywhere. That's history. It's fucking aliens. Yeah. I can't watch the History Channel no without history. seeing the fucking aliens guy going like, it was aliens. And I was like, it was. It was aliens, no, bro. No, it was dude, all Occam's Razor. <laughs> Occam's Razor. There are like 50 other answers than aliens. No, that's the only answer. Like, <laughs> that's the only answer. Like, this, like they have a scansion sheet full of answers. And they just go like, nope. aliens. Dismiss all of that. It's just like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, I get it. No, space is weird. We have dimensions. But what the fuck? Yep. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> that's um yeah that's 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 that. Um, the next is gonna be on Monday, December the nineteenth. Uh, First Lady Michelle Obama says farewell to the White House and Oprah Winfrey special. You know what? I was intrigued at first 
when I when but, it said First Lady Michelle Obama sits for will, and then it said Oprah Winfrey, <laughs> and now this is just a bit too much. Yep, it's it's I'm I'm not gonna watch. I that. went through the exact same emotional yeah. reaction. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, I like Michelle. Obama. No, yeah, uh. so no, it's, it's it's no, I'm not gonna watch it. I'm sorry, and I don't even have like a beef with with Oprah like I just like don't that. Like her show, I don't like her format. I mean, she she's I don't even I haven't seen her on my television in like seven years. You know, because like she left television and like started her own network called mm-hmm. Own. I don't have oh, the yeah. own network, you know, so I don't see her anymore. But it's just the fact that Michelle Obama's gonna have a sit down with her. It's kind of like a Barbara Walters thing. It just feels like too big of a thing. I would rather just have her like sitting down, you know, having a glass of water and say holla at you. I'm out. Yeah, but, that, um, that would have been great. You know, but I like her turn up thing. That was that she was turned me. up? What? 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 She she made a, a joke because she has a fitness thing. Mm-hmm. She was like. Turn up for what? Oh, and she pulled, and out, she a pulled out a turn up. And I was like, ah, Michelle. Yeah, Michelle. You cheeky little. We're going to miss that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the next show is uh, going to be on the same day, Monday, December the 19th. It's a show called The Wall. The, the Wall. The Wall. Uh, it's a game show. A LeBron James produced game show in which two-person teams compete Not for cash prizes. Uh, it's hosted by Chris Hardwick. And a oh. uh, special guest is coming out on Tuesday, January the 3rd for a regular time slot but the first day is going to be Monday December the, se- the 19th don't sleep on LeBron James like no no I just didn't expect that he would be producing telly oh yeah he has yeah. he has uh, two very very good shows uh, one of them's called it must not be that good if it slipped my mind <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Survivor's Remorse right one of them Survivor's Remorse is on Stars. that's a really really good show like it's like a really good as far as like a B mm-hmm. when I, I said really really like it's an A show it's not an A show it is right. a B show so don't come for my ass but um, <laughs> Survivor's Remorse and he has another show that's really good so I mean he's, he's channeling his money and you know yeah. into that, the, the I mean that's good yeah. uh, he's, make, he's making money yeah, yeah. Uh, I like that you said game show where two people compete for for cash prizes yeah because that's a game show. That's every game show. Yeah. <laughs> they compete for cash prizes via a combination of trivia questions and what sounds like a 40-foot-tall version of the Price is Right Plinko game. Huh. Interesting. I really do like the fact that Chris, I, I like Chris Hardwick as a guy. So I he's, he's great. Yeah. That's about the only thing that made me want to go see it. I want to be like Chris Hardwick one day, man. It's yeah. like this guy doesn't age. Like when I was a kid... <laughs> When I, when I when I was a kid, he was he was a 19 year old guy hosting a show on MTV called Singled Out with oh, the, really? with this lady named uh, Jenny McCarthy. Okay. She she was um she was the hottest chick back in the day. But anyway, she was Jenny McCarthy was Pamela Anderson before shit. Pam, fucking Pamela. Pamela Anderson. That's a fucking old ass reference too. Shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> Scarlett Johansson. Okay. <laughs> Like I only, I only got like two more years of even being able to use a Scarlett Johansson. Like whoever is the next in line is gonna be replacing that. Sheesh. Ah, that was great. Anyway. Ah oh, fuck, I'm old. God, Pamela Anderson. Apparently she's uh she's uh cured her hepatitis though. Oh really? Yeah. Shout out to her. Shout though. out, yeah. For Shout getting, out to her medical staff. Yeah, getting rid of that hepatitis. They have commercials. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good, solid. So, you know who freaks me out? Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton freaks those, me out. Be- because, because she's so old, but you still want to have sex with her? No. Oh, she oh. Freak- <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, me, me neither. Yeah, was, uh, <laughs> no. That's like walking up to someone and someone's like, man, I just really want to try it. Like, masturbating with a finger up my ass is the best. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no. No, you know what? No, I me. Mean, I never you tried know, it. No, I never, never tried, tried it. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just, I just weird how things just come up to your head. Yeah, right? just you know, random. 
fucking <laughs> no she just freaks me out she just makes me uncomfortable no. like her presence on camera is, 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 is it the tits i mean she has no. very large oversized tits I, it's not it's just, it's just she looks like okay like as if, if morticia adams mm-hmm. was a country blonde blue-eyed singer yes that's what she they reminds look very me of. similar yeah. i don't like it it makes me uncomfortable i understand that it's just it's weird i she has i have no problem with her mm. her career is fine she's yes. fine yeah. she's funny yeah but i can't look at her in the eye you know, you know, I'm, I'm, it's another conversation. Like, I'm no. thinking about the conversation where uh, where Lauren came in. We're talking about the granny porn. Oh yeah. And yeah, like I'm, I'm into some some old ladies. Like the 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 the, the fact that they may perish due to my dick. It's just like it's like that, that. My penis would be able to like just kill someone. Like you know, like not metaphorically. Like I wore that ass out. Like I killed that shit. But like no, like. This this seventy two year old woman like she died in the middle of getting fucked yeah, so life goals. Um, the next thing is gonna be a movies. Um, the first movie we have coming out uh, this week. (laughs) Stop it. Oh Jesus! I don't even know what to say to that. Oh goodness. Uh, the first movie (laughs) it's called a um, a kind of murder is rated r a 95 minute runtime listed as a drama thriller in the 1960s new york a man named walter stackhouse is a successful architect married to a beautiful woman named clara who leads a seemingly perfect life yada 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 there's four people in it that i don't know the director (laughs) is andy godard that name sounds familiar doesn't have a meta score on there yet either so um, if you like the name of that movie or that it's rated R, then I guess you go see that because that's all we know about it. Yep. Uh, the next movie is going to be Collateral Beauty. Uh, this is the uh, the Will Smith movie that I'm oh, looking yeah, forward yeah. to. Oh, yeah, the Christmas Carol retelling. Yeah. I'm yeah. into that. You Really? Yeah. I, I'm like 0% into this. 0% like, into like, like negative into this. I, I'm just interested. I like Will Smith. I just like, like genuinely, I just want to see Will Smith. Okay. I miss him. I miss Will Smith. All right. Yeah. Like I, I'm, Ed Norton's going to be in it. That's the only thing that's, that's making right. me maybe... But Will Smith, I mean, I don't do you know. think Ed Norton doesn't get enough credit as an actor? I do think Ed Norton does. He's get fucking credit. awesome. Yeah. Shout out to you, Ed Norton. In fact, you want to come on the show every once in a while? Yeah, yeah, you can have him on the show. Yeah. But uh, it's it's starring uh, Will Smith, Ed Norton, Kate Winslet, and Michael Pena. So I mean, that's Michael a, Pena. That's a good list. I, I, am I into Kate Winslet? She was Titanic. No, girl. but you you don't you're not into that. No. Yeah. <laughs> you. you, you. <laughs> He was like, hell no, that Titanic bullshit. Fuck all of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That. She was a Titanic. No, but uh, do I like her? Mm. That's the question. Do I like Kate Winslet? Fuck uh, Titanic. I hate Titanic. Okay, it can go right. fuck itself. All right. Um, at least the movie. The boat's fine, I guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the boat is fine. It's just gone. Yes, that's in rare form today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, retreating from, from life after a tragedy, a man questions the universe by writing to love, time, and death. Is this like a Eat, Pray, Love Christmas movie? No, it's it's, it's like a, uh, like, lo- I don't know, it's it, weird. It, it reminded me of the um, the Scrooge movie, the, the Ghost of Christmas Past. Yeah, that's a Christmas ghost- Carol. Yeah, Christmas Carol, yeah. It reminded me of that. But, um, so yeah, go see that or not. I, I, think that's, I think that's what it is. I think it's like Christmas Carol. Like a re- retelling? Like a retelling of it, but not with Christmas. Like, like a reimagining. Yeah, there we go. No, it's a soft, it. soft remat. It's just go watch a movie if you want to go watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to justify it. But that's uh, it's rated PG-13, 97-minute runtime. Mm-hmm. Only 97 minutes, I might. I yeah, might. That's, that's, a, that's a good time. That's right around my attention span. Uh, the next movie is the movie that everybody will be seeing, I assume. Star Wars Rogue One? Star Wars. Uh, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Ah, oh, fuck Ra- that. Rated. That's a, such a bad title. 
Oh, the, yeah, the, the a Star Wars story. Yeah, I don't like a, that part. Uh, yeah, it's not a fucking Christmas story. It's Star Wars Rogue One. Fuck you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, what, what's a, the run on that? It's a PG thirteen, one hundred and thirty three minute runtime, listed as an action adventure sci fi. The rebellion makes a risky move to steal the plans to the Death Star, setting up the epic saga to follow. I guess that didn't work. <laughs> I guess we know the ending to this movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so they're gonna go try to steal the plans to the Death Star. <laughs> but you know what? You know what the good thing is. Yeah. The good thing about it is like you let me know that I'm not gonna get any information from this movie. Right. It's, it's just saying we're setting up for the epic saga to follow. Mm. So I won't go into this movie thinking that I'm, something's gonna happen. Right. But dude, so. here's a, that. I have a problem with why I'm scared for this movie. Okay. Because we had The Force Awakens. Yes. It was a beautiful sequel. I like that a lot. Yeah. I really liked it too. It was a yeah. beautiful sequel to an already established franchise. Yeah. We should have just kept going with sequels. Because <laughs> prequels are dangerous. Prequels oh. are... What? Oh, yeah. Prequels Prequel. are very dangerous. Yeah. Because what you're setting up now, unless you're like super careful with the source material, mm-hmm. it's going to cancel some shit out. Yes. I know it's going to cancel some shit out. Yeah. From the other movies. Yeah. And you're going to piss off a lot of fans. You're going to alienate your audience. Uh, the movie's not going to be great uh, uh, if, if that happens. If that happens, yeah. Um, because there's going to be obvious blood holes that people are going to point out. Yeah. And, like, we know the ending of this movie. I mean, we did that with X-Men. Yeah, they mm-hmm. don't get the fucking Death Star. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they kind of fuck Alderaan, you know? Yeah, Alderaan, that's gone. So. In all their own places. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know how meekly I whisper that? I was yeah. ashamed of myself, too. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I'm scared for that movie. I'm going to go see it cause just because I, I like what they did with Force Awakens. Hey, Lando's going to be in this shit. Lando? Oh, yeah. yeah is that Young Lando? Young yeah. Lando. You know who's playing Young Lando? Uh, the Child is Gambino. Yes. Yeah. Donald Glover. Remember He's that. back. I am into that. Yeah. Uh, that made me just want to go see the movie for, yes. for Donald Glover. Definitely. Yeah, and I, I, I just spend so much time with Ray and uh, Finn. Mm. I just kind of want to go back to them yeah, now. Yeah, I'm just like too much Star Wars, mm. but we'll see. Donald Glover might sell me on it. Yeah, I'm with it. Cool. Is there anything that, else? That, that is it. That is it. That is it. There's a whole page of shit that you just <laughs> yeah crossed out. And listen, this has been a long-ass episode, because I guess we had a lot of shit to say about this movie. Yeah, that was surprising. Yeah, it was pretty fun. So we're going to cut right it right here. Uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. If you care about the type of movie that 400 Blows is, uh, go see it. You will get something out of it for sure. Yeah. Uh, and that's it for today's episode. We are on Twitter at underscore FFS Podcast. We are on Facebook, Google, SoundCloud, Stitcher. And iTunes podcast app under the name for film's sake. Yeah. So if you Google for film's sake and whatever platform you want, you'll find us. We're there. And uh, that's it. See you guys later. Now I'm in the time of my life. I can't say. See you guys later.